0: Hello and welcome back to Tradey Business School, the podcast where we have real conversations and share insights and tips into how you can uh, run your trades or contracting business more easily, simply and profitably. Now Today is another one of the episodes that marks part of Trades Mental Health Month or Trades Health Month and we're exploring many different pillars of Health and well-being for tradies in specific, and today we're going to be talking about raising awareness on mental health for trades. And I have got a wonderful guest to introduce to you, uh, Bruno Felti. How are you today, Bruno?
1: Yeah, I'm going well, thank you. Um, appreciate um, yeah the, the chance to have a bit of a chat about um, this very important issue. <laughs>
0: I'm so looking forward to this conversation. You know, what you do is uh, offer such a remarkable service. So I'll I'll share with you all listening out there today a little bit about uh, who Bruno is and we'll find out what it is uh, that he does in more detail in just a moment. So Bruno Eiffelty is the founder and director of a charity organisation called Tradies Insight. He is based in regional New South Wales. And what they do is they aim at holistically supporting mental health and wellbeing for tradies and men across regional New South Wales. Bruno, share with us for a moment, why, why did you start Traders Insight? How did it come about?
1: Well, I, um, I'm a um, tradie myself and I've been working in the trade industry for the last 25 years. And um, uh, I also ran, ran a, a carpentry business. In the process and um so i guess starting tradies inside it was a i suppose a discovery for myself the need for aussie blokes to talk about things that are really hard and um i grew up in a little island called tonga and um my village there was only 200 people there so you can imagine the community just happens and uh, we don't force it. It's just something that we have every day that's um, life for us. And, um, yeah, so I grew up there until I was 21 um, before I moved to um, Australia. So on the worksite, I discovered that um, the way Aussie men function in, in terms of talking about, you know, things of life, they, they love talking, you know, they love telling stories. They love talking about things that are uh, funny, you know, talking about the weather, uh, fishing, hunting and all of that. But the one thing that I'm, I I um, recognised that they didn't talk very much about was how they were feeling. And um, we do things differently over there. Because it's only a small community, we talk to each other about things that are happening around uh, within us and around us. And um, and I think because of that perspective, I, I saw that that was a real problem and, and the struggle that I could see within the system that needed to be addressed. So it was the discovery of, okay, this is what we have and how can we address it? How can we help uh, create that change? So that's why we um, started Traders Insight.
0: And then beautiful. And so really noticing that difference. So firsthand, you notice the the gifts and the benefits of community talking and talking about feelings. And then that was quite a stark contrast by, that you noticed and particularly in, as a tradie working on site, working in trades uh, businesses, that there was quite a gap there of that type of conversation. And so I'm guessing you would have noticed, uh, I guess, a gap of, uh, the benefits of the chatting about feelings and how that helped people in their their overall well-being
1: yeah yeah absolutely i think because because i came from another country they accepted me and in, in those ideas that i put forward to them so i i just started asking how they're going giving them an opportunity to tell me more about what's happening not only at work but at home and uh, because I realised that if they weren't talking at work, something might have been happening in the background uh, and maybe affecting the, the home life. So for me, it was all about giving them a, a little opportunities to come up with um, something as small as, you know, um, something was going on at home. You know what I mean? So I would always dig a little bit deeper to find out what it is that, um, that is really going on, because you can see that there are signs there that they're not happy, that they've been affected by something. And um, so giving them an opportunity to tell you what's happening, I, I felt like those there were those little victories for myself in wanting to create that change. So, and the more I would do that, the more accepting that they are of the fact that they need to have a chat. And, um, And more and more people now, by this stage, would um, follow suit. They would see that people would be comfortable talking. And when we were sitting around having smoke, there was a, a, a deeper discussion about things because, and the reason we're not, you know, we haven't really singled anybody out was giving everybody the chance to tell you something of value, if you like, you know, something that's, you know, important to them. And um, you know, a group of guys, a group of tradies, hard nosed tradies, starting to um, <laughs> open up and talk about hard things. And uh, for me, that was, you know, as I said before, there were little uh, uh, victory moments for me in knowing, okay, if we can, if we can, and that's the first step. If we can continue to do this, I think we will create this massive change, which I've seen today.
0: I love that. You know, it's it's so true about the things that are outside our jobs that affect us. I know within within our programs at Radi Business School, I'll often talk with our clients around what they're feeling. And we will often make reference to, and I'll always say, you'll come into the program, yes, to learn how to run a more profitable business. However, you'll get coached as a whole human being because you are a, a husband, you are a father, you are a brother, you are a, a wife, you are a sister, whomever you are, and you you are you are all of these things. One part of you is a business owner. So, so, so important because, you know, to recognise that there are the things that are going on for people's worlds. So, so often, in fact, I, I started one of our group coaching sessions just the other day. First thing was, you know, how's everyone feeling today? Very much, we'll talk about those things and address where people are at from a feeling perspective. It definitely helps you tap into making it normalised. So what I'm I'm hearing you say uh, a lot, uh, Bruna, which I just love, is that there was a lot of normalisation around conversation, around things that perhaps once were uh, were unusual for them to talk about these feelings and things.
1: Absolutely. You know, the fact that that I demonstrated to them that that could be done Mm -hmm. and I think the vulnerability that I was able to show them and it wasn't something that I pretended I had, it was just who I was. And I, I think that that was the most important thing for them to see that um, that's another, another bloke, another tradie can be so vulnerable within himself to be able to tell them what's happening. So, um, and I think that's what needed to happen at that point in time. Another tradie needed to have that kind of vulnerability in that space to open up these greater conversations and you um, and I, I knew then that there was something there that we could be discovering but um, it wasn't possible because nobody was making it available and, and accessible so when you said normalizing that kind of conversation I feel like that that at that point we started to, to make that shift and in and, in and, and men even even our boss at the time he welcomed those conversations because it was new you know this would have been what 26 27 years ago so (laughs) that was pretty brave of you know my boss to be able to say well there's something here you know there's something here that we can take away let's do that and then then I was able to to encourage him to get a barbecue because he asked how can we do this better I said well you know we need to." Be connected to each other. We need to give them space to feel that they're very much a part of this team. So I said we need to get a barbecue, and maybe every couple of weeks we sit down and have a meal together, whether it be a brekkie or a lunch, um, uh, a barbecue lunch. But that means that we get everybody here. We can talk about things as as a group. And if somebody who is um, not going that well, then it's 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 that the empowerment. That's been given to them to feel that they are part of the group and feel that they can tell us anything that that are of concern to them. So I, I think that that was a little breakthrough for us very, very early on was buying a barbecue.
0: Good old barbecue. And and that is one of those things people draw together. It's something that's safe, common ground. Before we go into a little bit later, I'm gonna find out about what the small specifics about what you offer at uh Tradies Insight, however. Now, before we dive into that, though, you, you took a little bit further once you realised there was a gap, didn't you? And you went on to get some qualifications. So you went from tradie and tell us a little bit about what you did in terms of getting some qualifications before you know, so that you could further on and set up tradies inside.
1: Yeah, there was one story that I, I suppose that tipped it over, tipped it over the edge for me. It was um, one day I was doing an extension and I was looking for a tiler. And, um, the Tyler that was uh, working for me or was uh, subbing for me at the time wasn't able to do the job. And um, so I just got a couple of names off the internet and I rang a few names and nobody responded about this one guy. And um, he came to the site to have a look at the job. And as he came in, I've never met this guy before uh, at that stage. He came in, I knew straight away something was up. You could tell in his body language something was um, concerning him or worrying him. So we went through, sh- um, showed him the, the job and things, and um, you know it was cold. You can tell. I didn't know the guy, but I could imagine that this man would be a lovely, warm kind of man. But this this time, there was you know it, it feels like that you know the world was on his shoulders. And then I just said to him um steve are you okay is everything okay and then he looked at me and he said oh thank you for asking and he said um have you got a bit of time i said yeah yeah so he took me outside there was a big pile of sand there for the next two hours he just poured laid everything down told me everything that that was going on and i just thought my goodness i've never met this guy before and yet giving him a little bit of uh, a chance to tell me what's happening. It can only take that. It's just as simple as that. And, um, yeah, so he told me that he's, um, you know, he just lost his sister, his mum's terminal. There's all these other stuff going on in the background. He lost some money as well in the process and it was just, yeah, and um, it was under a lot of stress and pressure. But... Um, I guess when we we're sitting outside talking, I thought to myself, okay, this is, this is enough. You know, I have seen enough. We've got to act. You know, I was able to help him with that, um, present need that he had and, uh, which made a lot of difference in this man, in this man's, um, uh, wellbeing. He came, and did the job and he was happier because he could see hope in there. So I thought to myself, okay, I, I listen well, but there are other skills skills there that I need to acquire uh, to be able to do this better and better. So I said, came home, said to my wife, I think we need to study. And she said, what do you mean? I said, I think we need to study counselling. So we, we decided, yep, that's what we will do. So <laughs> both of us went, went off to study uh, to become counsellors because um, that was what we thought we needed at that time to take it to the next level. So once we finished our, oh, actually, but when we were uh, during our time studying, then we started tradis Insight. And um, uh, with a plan that once we completed our studies, we then established Tradies Insight. That's how Tradies Insight came to um, existence.
0: Oh, what a beautiful story. And that you you can tell that you've just, you know, care enough about others to go and formalise what it was you knew was already a gift in your ability to listen and connect and notice and read people to then get the qualifications to allow you to reach even more people and and impact more lives. So I think, um, yeah, such a beautiful thing. We, We were talking earlier before we came on around how Tradies often think there's, I guess, this, generally speaking, and this is general, we're generalizing here, but men push things down, not all men, and I would say women do it too, but we will just talk within the context of what generally happens for most sort of trades-based business owners, and probably will go to other industries, but they'll push it down and don't really talk about what's going on for them. And leave it to a point of shared desperation where things are really, now they're really at a rock bottom before they would even ask for help. There's, um, I guess, that common uh, thought that they've got to be, there, they've, I've got to be there for my family. I have to provide, so I've got to go to work and put themselves last.
1: Hmm.
0: And that's probably something you see a lot, isn't it? That it's to the detriment of their health.
1: Yes, um, it, it is so true that. Um you know we are the breadwinners in the family, and and it doesn't matter how much how how we feel, we've got to get up and get ourselves ready to hit the day, and um, and I think because of those kind of tendencies that we have about pro- providing for our family and doing the best that we that we can for our family, mm-hmm. and like you said, it's come as a, a, at a cost because when we don't really look after ourselves. We, we just, we get sick. You know, that's just the reality of it. And, um, and that's the bit that we don't really allow for in life is when you, when things are really desperate, you know, desperate, um, what, what's, you know, what are you going to do? What do we do? You know, and, um, and I think the attitude has been, oh, you know, we'll do something. Something will come up. Um, and we've never planned for it. You know, and it's and it's um, ironic because we plan for everything else. We plan for holidays. We plan to, you know, take our wives or our missus out on the uh, to the movies, and we do all of that. We plan for Christmas, but this is one thing that we don't plan to do. Is this? And this is, I think, I felt um, it was an, an irony in what we think as men is the very thing that we need to look after. Um and it's it is the the one that we don't really, you know, pay a lot of attention to. And um and I you know, and I think with with the whole um um attitude of, you know, it'll be fine. Um, you know, if I have a broken leg, I'll just go to the doctor and then I'll be okay. You know, and you know, I'll get help when I when I need to. And um <clears throat> and the problem was. That with with mental health, it isn't a physical injury uh, per such, That we see, it's it's this emotional pain. You know, this, this comfort that we have, and we don't understand it and because you know men aren't meant to be um, not showing up. So we just we we suppress it. You know, we um, we just keep on working harder or um, avoid. You know, avoid doing, you know, something about it. You know, and on top of that, the society tells us that we, you know, you guys need to hold things together. You know, you're, you're men. You know, you need to be uh, staunch. You need to be strong and tough and, and all of that. And um, when when you see that when, when people come to a point where, you, you know, you said before when you're desperate, we do things, you know, in that te- desperate attempt to try and get some kind of relief, and that's been really hard because the, just to witness people taking on taking on this kind of behavior, this kind of behavior where negative behavior, mm-hmm. you know, that they can find comfort in in order to keep themselves and um, going on for the for the short term, and that's what you see now. You know, when when guys aren't seeking help, they go down this road of you know doing something to numb and soothe the pain.
0: Mm. the unhealthy coping strategies i see is almost it's it's so common i don't think it's something we're necessarily taught is our about our emotions and our feelings and our emotional well-being and so the load gets carried on and it's very very prevalent mostly for males to um, to not understand anger or sadness or grief or any of those, uh, those emotions very well. It's like, well, I'm just going to get on with it. and it gets pushed aside and suppressed. Mm. And, and if there's anything I know about emotions is that suppressing things, they will come out somehow. They will. And it is the processing of them and the acknowledging of them that is one of the most powerful steps Yet, yeah, you know, what we're not, we often, it's very unfamiliar. There's a lot of shame around feeling down and I've, I'm supposed to be tough and strong, I'm a bloke yet you know so so the the strategies that so commonly get ref, you know get resorted to are unhealthy coping strategies so in you, you know it, it can be things like alcohol there can be drug Yeah, you know, all sorts of addictions that will come up as a result of coping mechanisms now I'm not saying exclusively that all addictions are caused by suppressed emotions at all however there's definitely what well, some of the coping strategies is avoidance through addiction and addictions doesn't just have to be substances uh, alcohol it can be things like excessive tv watching it can be excessive exercising there can be sexual addictions it can be all sorts of things that form addictive type of behaviors which are ultimately often avoidance of self in some ways um, there's an escaping and masking of something that we don't know how to or we're not we don't feel able to face and there can be some pretty you know deep Stuff for many people. Yet at the surface level, I think there's probably one of the the main problems we talked about earlier. What do you what do you think one of the 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 main problems that are faced by the trades business owners that might be having a little bit of a tough time?
1: When the alcohol use, and you see that as being one of the the coping mechanism for for a lot of uh, a lot of people, a lot of blokes, and um, gambling being the other one. The um, domestic violence at home—it's exp- that's the expression of what's happening within them. This withdrawal from society, from work—you uh, don't see them. You know, um, extreme behaviours. Men doing—you know—or um, getting involved in all these whiskey, you know, extreme beh- behaviours, and it gets to—and um, it, in it drugs, of course you know, um, guys just can't do without having to have a smoke or whatever that may be for them, um, whatever that kind of gives them that, you know, that, the um, the temporary comfort that they need. And, you know, very early on, and that's what I saw, I saw that people were just coping, you know, and um, having too much of one thing. You know, sugar, you know, somebody would bring, say, eight bottles of Coke to work in, and then they cannot, you know, work for an hour uh, without having to, to take a couple of sips. And um, so all of those kind of behaviors that you can see very early on. And that's how that's the pattern for a lot of them. And um, so, and the other thing on top of that, they start telling you about the broken re- uh, relationships at home and um or a wa- wife or the girlfriend has left, or um you know they're starting to get angry at home and start to um yeah, you know to get involved in those kind of um uh, negative behavior behavior at home and um so, and I guess when I saw that, you know, it was okay, you know this is what this is the um the Kobe mechanism, but then. Not only has that affected them, but it's affected the family, and because it's affected the family, it's affected the way they perform at work. You know, very early, very early on, if you're not working hard or if you're not putting in, you just get the sack. You don't get a you don't a question about it. You know, you got you don't get you know brought into the office to see why why all of a sudden you you know, you're not working or, you know, your mind seems to be elsewhere or, you know, back then that was you, you perform or you just get the sack. So um, I, I knew something was up, you know, that needed to be talked about. But uh, unfortunately that, that was, the, you know, the, the time and age. But as you know, today is, is so different. And uh, you, you touched on, you know, we suppress so much, but then they come back out come back up to um, life in the, in the later years and, and you know, I, I can see the proof of that, you know. And these guys that I, you know, that I saw in those time, they would have been, you know, what, 10 to 20 years ago they were doing the same pattern and it was time for them to, you know, come out in those kind of negative way. But, um, you know, it, it's a massive shock and it's it's, we question our manhood. Because we don't know how to deal with them, we don't realise that because we didn't do something about it back then when it was still small, um, we don't realise it's actually you know has uh, built up to be a bigger issue today, and we've got to still deal with that. Is you know just because you suppress it doesn't mean it disappears, and um, and that's one of the things that we're we're addressing today. You know those men that come to the shed that just have no other options and, and you know when they get to that point you know oh, i need i'm desperately in need of help right now mm-hmm. so yeah that, and that's you know that's the effect of you know suppressed um not doing anything avoidance and all of that uh which is it's very unfortunate that, that we have the uh, uh, that we see more of of that today mm-hmm.
0: I think uh, you what you just touched on there about when they come to your drop-in shed that you you run that they're desperate and I think you know to be able to shift if, for all of you listening out there if you if if this is you or if this is somebody that you know the one of the key messages uh, we would love for you to take away is to shift that earlier to know and I'll get Bruno in just a moment to share a couple of um, maybe signs. Uh, that, that it's it's time potentially to seek help and start talking and having a conversation at least. We'll talk touch on a couple of signs in a moment, but it's what I'd love for you to take away is if we can shift the, uh, and close the gap between um, the willingness to ask for help and the unwillingness. Many uh, uh, many many people who are struggling are still sitting in the camp of unwillingness, either through not realizing, not being aware. Of really that it, it could be better. Um, there's many, many different reasons that people sit in unwillingness. However, to move people to willingness, just to take that risky step, uh, which for many is, is risky internally. I say risky not because there's risk in asking for help. People will, the help is there, yet it can feel risky to be vulnerable, to expose yourself. There's shame involved potentially with. Um, saying, hey, I need help. I, know I, I work with many clients that it, even the, the idea of asking for help is something that brings up discomfort. But So just take that for a moment. We'll touch on it in a moment some of the signs and then and I'd love to also um, ask you, Bruno, after that is to talk about uh, how trades business owners could help and support mental well-being even in their workplace, because for those that can't obviously drive to Dubbo and drop into your shed for support, how could a business owner offer for their team and in their workplace um, better mental support as well, mental support, mental wellbeing, and health support so so a couple of things yeah what might be some of the signs and then how could this business owner support?
1: Yeah, sure. The first sign. Is um, avoidance, and, um, and the reason I say that because you can see in their behaviour, they've been saying some outrageous things, and then you you try and um, correct what they're saying, and then they just show you this don't care attitude. They just they don't care. They just you know they just want to say whatever they feel like saying. and and that's what I mean by you know avoidance is that. I'm just going to do it the way it feels good for me now, and um, and nobody else is going to change my mind. So that's that's one thing that we need to look out for. And, and those guys that are avoid, avoiding the real thing, they, they they can be the dangerous, you know, the most dangerous ones because if they don't care, you know, they can be th- they be, they can be throwing a tool from up there from on the roof if they get frustrated. They'd be doing something over there, or they'd chuck something at you because they're, you know, they're overcome with, with these severe emotions, and they don't know how to regulate that, and they just, and, they, and they just act it out. And um, So that, that's one the first thing that we need to look out for. And the second thing is that um, we just withdraw. We just need to actually get to, to know our employees and our, our staff members, and if we see that they start to withdraw, then we need to ask those questions. You know, what's happening? You know, I can see that you've withdrawn um, uh, something that is not right. Is everything okay? How can we support you? You know, just being able to see, you know, read, read the room and know which, which person that is, isn't going that well. And uh, be proactively supporting them at that, you know, point in time. The other thing that I found is that um, when guys don't turn up to work, when they keep taking days off. So a couple of suicides that happened in my time was that you don't hear from them. They give you all these excuses. But then the next thing you found out, they they didn't make it. So... I think it's 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 really critical that we need to talk to the family members and find out what's really happening and uh, what sort of support can we give that person if we can find out very early on that, that you know the reasons in which he's withdrawn. So that's another big there's another big factor. And um, you you talked before about businesses and how important it is to be proactive. In supporting, you know, just very recently, we've um, designed this this employees support program and uh, all these packages we've we've um, created to try and customize um, a package for all the all the different organisations so that they can um, take this self care as a, as a, a part of the, um, the WHS plans for every organisation and. Um, And so that means that they are always on the lookout, you know, and um, to say, okay, this is like a car service. We're going to, you know, have our car service for this month. And uh, I think that that is a a good um, mindset to go to go into as if we're running a business. And um, you know, for myself as a business owner, we had to do that from you know where it go, so that everybody understood. Their role understood the expectations. Understood that when this happens, we do that. You know, there's all these other ways of you know addressing all of those um, needs that that are um, arising. So, food is one of the things that we you know that I as I've talked before it it is you know it draws people in you know and um, you know something about food that helps actually create relationships, create connection and create some depth as well. Because once you're feeding somebody, once you're, you know, you're giving to your employees in that way, you know, I'll receive it. You know, the people will receive that care, you know, that you've given them, you know. And sometimes we give something and that was the point is, you know, have they received it? And that's the thing, you know, I haven't been in any work sites that you've done that you've fed them and they go oh no sorry I don't do that kind of thing. Now everyone feels good about themselves when there's food there when you're being generous to them. So if we're going to build unity, connection within the within the uh, the workplace, food is is one of the um, amazing strategies to do that. And, and I think once you get that When you get the first one done, for me, if I was, you know, if I was working for a boss and that was what he was doing, straight away I knew that he was investing in me, in my well-being, and that'll be, you know, I would be working. You know, the productivity should just rise and rise and rise and lift because um, people feel good about themselves. You know, not only do they feel good about themselves, you know, it affects um, uh, the way they work, and then um, when they go home, Imagine that, you know, the family will be happier as well because of the level, you know, that you feel about how good, how, how, how good you feel about yourself. So there, all of those things, they're really built to um, to make a good, well-connected um, uh, workplace.
0: Yeah, I, I love that, that connection around food. I often hear business owners saying, oh, you know, we put on lunch once a month and we do these things. And I I love it when I hear that. What I'm hearing in what you're sharing, Bruno, is we can, I think there's an opportunity to take it, uh, I guess, up a notch. And it's not just about I'm going to put on lunch for my team to uh, build a great culture or to boost efficiency or to um, make them feel good. There's an opportunity between the lines for you to connect With them as human beings, so it's not just about it's not just about I guess you know bringing the food in and everyone being on their phones or you being distracted as a business owner. It's coming in with the intention of um, connection, of noticing and reading between the lines, noticing that things and getting to know the human beings that work for you so that you're on the lookout for their overall well-being. And you know also too, it's not just as a business owner, you that's on a lookout for them, but you know that as a team, they will begin to have um, each other's backs more and more and notice and to normalize the conversation around what's going on and provide that platform and that opportunity so that you can look out for some of the signs that Bruno shared. And then from there go, okay have those conversations i I suppose i will say i've noticed people share share shy away from conversations because they fear that they won't be able to help so i'm not going to ask if someone's okay because i don't think they are and shit what am i going to do now i won't know what to do well There are many things that you can do. You ask the question to begin with and you can listen. I'm sure Bruno's got a couple of tips. We'll we'll lead into, you know, what can people do if they suspect that somebody might need a little bit more support? Where can they go in their local areas? What would you suggest?
1: You know, as you said, the first great thing that you, you touched on there, when they come to you, you know, when you really set a really healthy platform at work, it really enables everyone to feel that they are very much a part part of it um, part of the group but a part of the business is valued and because of that feeling, they would come back and say, "You, these are my <coughs> needs they will all, you know they will eventually open up and um and often when they start telling you the things that are Tough and hard, and often we get scared of. You know, what do we do with this with, with this information? One of the things that we need to to uh, remember that we do not need to go and learn all of those skills to have uh, on hand when that happens. There's just a couple of things that we need to remember that if we consciously remember to have that is is, is you're talking to somebody. And I would suggest active listening is such a really good skill. And uh, acting, uh, active listening, you know, can um, be simply that of listening. Just, you know, there's, no, there's not too much to it, but tuning in to how they're feeling. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, um, you get asked something and then you go, you know, and, and people have these kind of, um they they already have this kind of, of answers in their mind, but if they you know if they're talking to you, we really don't really know how to really respond to it. All they needed you to do at that point in time is to, to you know just to listen to them and um we're not we're not there to fix them or give them answers. we're just there to listen to them. and if you can find that they that they are um vulnerable to share with you. You just listen. You just listen to them, and you, you keep questioning them. Um, give you know, thinking up of some really great questions questions to, to um, ask him. And uh, if you find that the um, the that there is deeper need there, and the, the next level would be asking him if he was comfortable for you to contact the doctor, contact the psychologist, contact a, um, a counselor for them. And um, uh, you know, be you know, be proactive in in supporting them in that space because there's a fair chance that they may not know how to do it or or they may never have done it before. So just being there, knowing that that's the first layer is you know, we'll ring the doctor for you, and mm-hmm. uh, if they need you to go with them, and then um, you might need to go with them. But that's the first thing. If you feel that there's even need. We need, you know, there are all like you said before, Miranda, there are a lot of um services, great services around that we can actually tap tap into and refer them to.
0: I think it's it's making them comfortable and reducing that gap between between being either unaware and unwilling to willing. And for many, as you said, Bruno, it's not about fixing. I think many of us can step into when someone shares a problem with us or something that's bothering them, we will naturally step into fix mode. And that's one of the really important distinctions to take is fixing often is not what people want nor need in that moment. They need an air and an acknowledgement. And, and I love how, how you segued into uh, through that listening, then asking permission, are you comfortable with or would it be okay um, for me to reach out for some other support for you? And it may well be that you've never done it before and you could quite openly say, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll come with you and we'll figure yeah. this out together if that would help you, if you would yeah. like that. And some people just need someone in their corner, right? It's just sure. to know someone's in their corner with them and possibly they could be um, scared or worried and just to know someone's going to walk beside them is all they need, not necessarily with someone swooping in with the answers. Uh, you're not expected to have those. That's certainly what your drop-in centre does, doesn't it, Bruno? You know, describe, um, you know, in a few sentences, a day in the life of the Traders Insight drop-in.
1: Yeah, Um the, the, the most exciting part about all of the, of the things that we've covered today is that there's a chance now that we can make this as an everyday thing and seeking help as a, as a normal behaviour. And um, very early on, I figured that this is our way to actually <laughs> uh, really influence this kind of change for men. And um, if seeking help is the problem, then we need to make it more uh, accessible for them. And a shed like this, which is, you know, is, is fantastic to have, we were given this by the state government last year and, and you know, for the last six months, you know, alone we've, we've had over 1,500 men who have come into the shed to have a chat. And how, how amazing is that, that we have all these men come and feel, you know, vulnerable to share about deep things, but um, it was for me. It was sad too because where would they have gone had we not made it? Had we not normalised the the conversation and and, um, and help, you know, uh, intervention? So well, I've had so many powerful and amazing stories in this shed, and I feel like um, there's about seventy percent of the guys that have come here. They just they came in once and they've gone back and then they're, they're all they're all okay and I know that this is the flow and effect of them being able to do that is their family are going well and then imagine their um, friends as well, uh, school you know um, so it gets you know a lot more people are, are impacted for good in this uh, in this space so but those you know thirty percent of them do come back. Mm-hmm. And that is that they'd like further uh, conversation and, and often i refer them on if I um, I get really busy, but if not, I'll work with them personally. And sometimes not many of them would go and get help from other services because they felt like we've, um, we've made this connection that I was talking about before, how important it is. And I feel like this, is, this shed is, is made for them. This is their, their, their only way, if you like, mm-hmm. to get all of those hard things out. So, um, yeah, it's been, um, it's been, you know, I, I feel blessed to, to have this um, amazing facility to, to facilitate that.
0: Yeah, absolute gift to your community. Uh, if you could leave one message for listeners today, what would that be?
1: The hard things in life are the things that make us grow. and um, we are afraid of those hard things. and um we we didn't just get to where we are today without pain, without discomfort, with without um, all of those of all, all those pain and suffering. And we just need to remember. That we have overcome adversities over and over and over again. And this is just another one that for us to get over. And we have the skill to do it. We do, because life throws curveballs after curveballs. And um, the resilience that we've learned from from, um, all of those experiences would only empower and strengthen us to face the next thing when it comes to us again. So don't be afraid in sitting in our pain. Don't be afraid of those things that will make us grow as reasoning our people.
0: Such a beautiful message. And certainly to, I uh, people understand the value of community, seek community and seek support in others. As human beings, we are not wired to go alone, to do it alone. Yet uh, when people are struggling, they will often attempt that. And it is not how we're wired. You know, one of our core needs as a human being is connection and community and speaking with others is how to do that. So there are plenty Mm -hmm. of safe places out there. So uh, if you would love to uh, find out a little bit more about what Bruno does, uh, where can we find you, Bruno? You've got a Facebook page. Is there anywhere else?
1: Yes, we we do have a Facebook page and uh, Instagram page as well and then a website which is under tradies insight so um, that's just simple as um yeah googling it yeah
0: tradies in sight. thank you so much for joining me today bruno i feel like we could continue chatting for ages we'll wind the episode up Wherever you're listening from uh, in Australia, around the world, thanks for tuning in. Have a look. I know that there are messages that you'll be able to take from today's conversation. And if you uh, like what you've heard or, you know, somebody else would benefit from it, then share the episode and spread the word. We would love that. This conversation goes further than just the tradies also. So it's a a universal conversation, but very, very, very relevant to tradies and and contractors. So uh, thank you so much for joining. Me today, Bruno. It's been an absolute pleasure. And yeah, thank you
1: so much for yeah the opportunity to be part of uh, this amazing conversation. Yeah, you're welcome, most welcome.
0: So that's it for today. I uh, will be back next week uh, with another episode. Tune in then. Until then, bye for now.